Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session, and Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Um, it's been an interesting week politically. It has not been very uh, was high energy, but a lot of shit has happened. Yeah. And and um, one of the big things that is not getting as, atten- much, as much attention as it should is Ilhan Omar being stripped of her committee. Um, her committee assignment. Yeah. yeah, on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, so... You know, it wasn't a really well-kept secret, and it wasn't a secret. Uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy removed Ilan Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. He removed Adam Schiff from the committee from his committee assignments. Um, you know, the Ilan Omar one is it stands out because it it very much like seems, feels, and is an attack on her because she's Muslim, uh, because of the way she's spoken out in the past. Um, they're they're claiming that. You know she's she's made these anti-Semitic statements and claims um, because she's been very crit- critical of the is- Israeli government, right? Sure. Um, and so, and and that happens a lot in in a politically charged climate, right? Any sort of criticism of Israel is considered to be anti-Semitic, even if you know, like it's we've got obvious examples of them mistreating Palestinians, and and that is where Ilan Omar really comes in. It's just like, look, their their mistreatment of the Palestinians is an issue that needs to be addressed. And, you know, like if we're if we're allies, we should be able to provide constructive criticism and it not be taken as anti Semitism. Now she also made a statement about uh, the the Jewish lobbying group. Um, I, I, I wanna say it's like the APAC or so. I can't I'm sorry, I don't have a, a yeah, but they, um, but she said, you know, they're all about the Benjamins, which was a, a really ill-advised statement, um, just because, again, and I, you know, when it comes to these politicians and people in the public light, you have to think about what you're saying, right? And, and, and that was an instance where she just kind of went off the top of her head, made that real, like, a, just a, a bad look of a statement. Um, now, People, you could argue, you know, like Donald Trump has said plenty of things similar about Jews and money and, you know, being the, you know, you guys are really big negotiators and blah, 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 blah. But uh, we all know the hypocrisy of, of the Republican Party. But, you know, this is this is a blow, I think, for the, for the Foreign Affairs Committee and really for the United States, because the thing with Ilhan Omar is not just her her sort of pushback on Israel and their treatment of Palestinians, but she just she asked the very pointed questions that you want someone to be asking on the foreign affairs uh, foreign affairs committee she's not going to throw up softballs she's not going to make it easy on the person that's being you know that's being uh, deposed or that's that's in, that's in the hearing she's going to ask hard questions that need to be asked that need to be on record we need to hear these people's answers, and typically, what happens is that these people fumble the answers because they don't have them, or the answer the answers aren't favorable. And those are the sort of things that that need to be uh, uh, the questions need to be asked, the answers need to be heard, and those are the type of things that we need to be dissecting, right? When we're trying to figure out like w- what our government is doing, and so losing that critical analysis from that committee, um, I think overall hurts. 
the United States, and it, it isn't good for the country. And look, there were two members of the Republican Party who were caught on an elevator who said as much, right? They said, listen, that was a stupid move. We shouldn't have had that vote. She should still be on the committee. And one went a little bit further and said, look, even, even if you think she shouldn't be on the committee, it was a bad move because now you've basically made her a martyr, right? And they're, and they're not wrong. I forget who said that. And, well, and it was a you know it was something that was heard on an elevator, um, and I'm not sure. I think they requested an, an, an anonymity, anonymity for right. obvious reasons. But um, you know, there's multiple reports of the, of, of that happening um, shortly there after the vote, and so you know, you know she she's an interesting person. She's a very interesting person because yeah. she's a Somali, mm-hmm. and she you know <laughs> escaped to this country. Yeah. She is the kind of person that should be admired for her tenacity and her growth once she got here. You know, I mean, we have no idea, you and I have no idea what it's like to be a woman in Somalia. But it ain't good. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I don't know, um, I'm trying to look up real quick when she came, when she, uh, when her family immigrated okay. here to the U.S. Um, and, and what I'll say is... Uh, you know, you're right. Like, whatever her experience is, um, you know, like, just spending time, even if even if she was there as... Uh, a five-year-old. I don't yeah. give a shit. She saw shit that we cannot fathom. Right. I mean, look, neither of us grew up in glamorous lifestyle. I mean, right. Grew up in, you know, West Seneca, New York. Grew up in, in Youngstown, Ohio. Not exactly glamour cities and whatever. But she was in a place where literally... Women were treated like dirt. Right. I and mean, it just like not just like not just women, but everyone. Right. Like they're, they're everyone true. was treated shitty there. I mean, it, it's a country that's been in flux for my entire life, yeah. uh, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, whether it's you know civil disrest, you know government corruption, um, other warlords coming into the area. I mean, there, there's you know uh, you know movie Black yeah. Hawk Down. Um, she, she, her, her and her family came to the U.S. Uh, they got asylum in 1995, um, okay. and so they got asylum. Right? What does that mean? That means they were leaving a really shitty situation, and the government said, "Yep, we agree. Um, welcome to welcome to the United States." So, to your point, she did leave a place that was, uh, you know, I'm sure unimaginable. War torn is right, the only word I come up with. To, to, to the rest of us, um, and so yeah, there should be some. Uh, um, you know, respect for her for that and then getting to where she is. Now, listen, I think when when her and AOC really came onto the scene, they were very loud um, and it felt obnoxious to a point. Sure. And I get what their whole purpose was. Like, look, we can't, we can't continue with the status quo. Like, changes need to happen and we can't, you know, we can't wait on slow change. We need things to happen now, which is, I get it, but... That's not the way our government works, and I get that you have to change it, but you have to learn the rules of the game before you can change them, right? Like, you can't come in and have no experience in this whatsoever and say, okay, I want everything changed, right? Like, I get that. That's what people want to do, and people say that they're going to do, but no one has had success in doing that. And so you need to get in. You need to establish yourself, um, you know, in, in establishing yourself in the in Congress, in Senate, in DC politics, a lot of people do lose themselves. They do lose their lose their mission, and they get sucked into the money and the pay for play and everything else. And these women have done a good job of 
staying true to what their belief systems are and what they said they were going to do when they got in the office. They're now realizing, I think, the amount of static that is in front of them in trying to do that, and they've gotten better at the actual game that is Washington, D.C. politics. Um, and I commend them both, right? Like, I feel a lot better about AOC now as she's grown and matured. Um, you know, she still can have an off comment, and so can Omar, but I think that they're developing into the type of states women that we need in D.C., um, and removing her from this isn't ideal, I think, for the country, but I don't think that it silence her, silences her or we lose her voice, and I think it just, you know, some, somewhat cliche, but it only emboldens her more. We'll see. I hope, I, I hope you're right. To be honest, we, I mean, realistically, we don't see what happens in the Foreign Affairs Committee on a daily basis. No. So, so... But I mean, it's it's worth paying attention to, you know. I mean, I, I get there's a, you know, and, and I stand out a little bit because I I do get, I have multiple um, um, publications that come to my inbox that are based around foreign affairs that keep me updated on what's going on, and it talks about what happens with the foreign affairs foreign affairs committee now. You know, I also studied foreign affairs and foreign American foreign policy in college, so that's part of where that comes from, and it's more of an interest. But I think it's still. Important, even though we don't see it. I mean, I think we have access to it, and I would encourage people to, you know, take a little peek in on some of these things more frequently, so you could see how these committees operate and what they talk about and who talks and how they talks, so you could see what goes on, uh, why a lot of these committees are actually ineffective, right, and why it matters who you vote for besides just president. Right, because I think we're slowly starting to learn that over the last few years. Like it matters who you vote for in the smaller elections, in the midterm elections, and things like that. Um, and and it's becoming more obvious with people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates. A lot of people probably voted for them, didn't think about it one way or another, and then next thing you know, you're like, who the fuck is this that's representing me? Right? Not a lot, because most of the people they represent are really excited about it. Well. But <laughs> but there are plenty of people who maybe just kind of mailed in a vote. Just oh, you vote, well, okay, that's who I'm going to vote for. And now they're like, what the fuck? And so that's why it may, it's worth it to pay a little bit more attention. You know, you, I mean, again, this is your, your go-to phrase is elections matter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates matter. Now, they're not going anywhere because they're districts are so stacked in their favor and Ilhan Omar's is probably as well I mean a Muslim woman from uh, Somalia doesn't get elected in southern Georgia fine uh, yeah but, I, and, and she's, she's from Minnesota I know there's a large Somali population in Minnesota for whatever reason I'll tell you what uh, reason. it's an inexpensive place to live and people fled to the inexpensive places because I mean their countries fine. are war-torn Okay, but like, let's just be real. Who the fuck leaves Africa to go to Minnesota? It's fucking cold as balls. People there. who need to find a cheap place I, to live. Minnesota isn't that cheap to live, though. Like compared to where, like California. Okay, but I mean, it's I mean, also cheaper to live in Ohio. If, like, and there's you're getting lost right, in the weeds right, on, right, on, right, on that. Right. I just I think we're, there's got to be more to it than it was just cheap to live in well, Minnesota. But also, then why the fuck the Somali population? Okay, but why is, there an, why is there an established population in cheap. fucking Minnesota? That's not cheap. the reason why. Because then why the fuck didn't they go to Iowa? They why aren't they do. in Oklahoma? They do. Not in oh, the numbers. Iowa? Not 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 in the numbers they are in Minnesota. But we're we're getting lost right, in yeah, that. Go but ahead. I'm sorry. To a stronger uh, or to a uh, going back to it though, 
Speaking of Marjorie Taylor Greene, she is now on the Homeland Security uh, Committee, right? Like or yeah. on the Committee for Homeland Security or whatever, however you say that. <laughs> um, and again, just going back to like with Ilan Omar not being on the Foreign Affairs Committee, that hurts the U.S. Marjorie Taylor Greene being on the Homeland Security uh, Committee, that also hurts the U.S. because I don't think she's just not a serious person. Right? Like, I mean, she takes every opportunity to kiss up to Trump. Uh, she is somehow trying to equate uh, 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 critical race theory to homeland security. Uh, you know, she had this ridiculous uh, gaffe the other day where she said one elementary school in Illinois <laughs> got $5.1 billion. And, you know, like, that, that was a mistake. Now, listen, she not only, like, she, she makes a mistake, then she emphasized the B in billions so that everyone knew, would, would, would think that this one school got $5.1 billion to focus on, uh, um, you know, equity and inclusion, but really that's not what it was for. The whole state, the whole, edu the whole state education system, the whole state of Illinois got $5.1 billion, and that $5.1 billion was earmarked for... Um, reopening the schools in a phased manner uh, after COVID, right? Once it was, once they were like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna open the schools back up. We're gonna get get the kids back in the classrooms. We need a plan to do it. So the so the state of Illinois got five point one billion dollars, and in in one of the points of the five point one billion dollars was make sure that we do this in an inclusive and equitable way. Right, like so, when we reopen these schools, let's not just focus on the suburban schools and the private schools, but make sure we're doing something that is fair and equitable for the kids in the inner city schools. That's what that means. She bastardizes that to say that they got 5.1 billion dollars for critical race theory, where the Democratic Party continues to fuck up. Right, is that instead of jumping on the fact that the money was set for reopening schools after COVID and to do it in an equitable manner, they focus on the fact that she had the flub of $5.1 billion going to one school. No one, no one, not one of the people criticizing her pointed out what the money was actually for and what she was actually talking about. And that's where the Democratic Party continues to fuck up, right? You're so hell-bent on, on, you know, having the, the, the snarky comment well, congratulations, you were super snarky, but you missed another fucking opportunity to show that these people are ridiculous, not because they're stupid and can't read, right? Like, just something that was on a paper, but instead, like, showing that they don't actually have policy that they're trying to stand on, but y y you're just as bad because you, you can't fucking do anything with it. Like, they, they, they literally hand this shit to the Democrats on a fucking platter, and it's like the Democrats, like... Like they kick it, like, yeah, like fucking uh, uh, like, uh, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber, they just fucking you know kick the whole fucking platter. It's crazy. <laughs> Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber reference. I did not expect, but yeah, not pointing out how idiotic it is to say that five point one billion dollars went to a school, one school, one in elementary Illinois school, right? Is but yet <sighs> it's easy, and people are lazy, and people have this. You know, I'm smarter than you, holier than thou. And that's, again, that's where you lost a lot of the people who went into the Trump world. Because it's just like, all right, like, yeah, maybe I work in a trade and I'm a blue collar guy and I just kind of want to keep things simple. And then we ridicule those people because, well, 
I've got two degrees, and I went to school on the East Coast. I think I know a little bit more about all the things instead of you, buddy. And that sort of mentality is what kind of got us this divide. Now, yeah, there were a lot of other nefarious things that, that, that pushed it, but part of it was the aloof nature of the progressive left um, and how it just it really was not inclusive at all. Right. They, it was about a lot of it was about gatekeeping and exclusion. And even now, when you talk to someone who's on the progress, like they they can't even they, like they just lose their shit. <laughs> how dare you? How did no, that's not what we're all. What are you talking about? I have a rainbow flag. How could I how could I not be inclusive? Right. And so you have this issue where, again, Instead of getting people on like the merits of the bullshit that or the lack thereof of merit, mer- the lack thereof of merit that they throw out, they don't do that and they focus on the the surface level stuff and and that's it, it's not helpful, you know. Well, I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a special form of stupid in a lot of ways because she is in Congress. She is a member of our Congress and. The shit she spews is nonsense. Yep. Um, and then George Santos literally is there on a pillar of bullshit. Right. Like his entire, like everything, everything about, that got him where he is right, is, is, bullshit. is bullshit. Right. Look, we don't even know how he got where he is. We don't know where he came from. It's ridiculous that he's actually still in, that he's still in office. And listen, it's not because he's a Republican. If this dude was a Democrat, I would be saying the exact same thing. Because why the fuck would you want to be tied to this guy? I would be way more aggressive if he was a Democrat. Uh, to be honest. Yeah, I, because, I mean, because, look, I, I don't know how much more aggressive I could be. He should not be in Congress. He has lied about every aspect of his life. From his education to being on the volleyball team <laughs> at... at what was go, the school that he went oh, to? Oh, God. Uh, you know what, you Bacharach or no? Uh, uh, yeah, God, I'm mad at you. Pete Cyrus, uh, anyway, whatever. Some liberal arts school in New York State that he claimed to be a volleyball star at. Yes, please scramble and, and look this up. We'll like, we'll hit by for time. Um, no, I mean, but either way, uh, I mean, he, he is he, a complete phony, and right. he is getting a seat in Congress. Well, it, and it's on, not even like so. And the problem is, and this is where you know, you like looking at it objectively. The problem is lying about the things that he lied about as it relates to his jobs, his school, his education, all that. Like it's shitty and it it's unethical, and I don't know what's taking the ethics committee so long to f- say, hey, uh, that's bullshit. You got to go. But it's not against the law. Right? Correct. Now, he's being investigated for campaign finance fraud. And just yesterday, we found out that he there is one of his staffers that he basically rescinded an offer of employment because he made a sexual pass at the person. The person denied it. And then he decided not to offer that person a oh, job. Well, what? Yeah. So he, so this is a, it's a, it's George Santos. So of course it's a weird story, but there was, <laughs> like, this is news to me. I'm, I'm... Right, so there was a young man who um, went to volunteer or went for a job uh, in uh, Santos's office. They said, it's going to take us a minute to do the paperwork as, so you can come on board as a volunteer. Once the paperwork goes through, you'll be an official employee. Questionable, but okay. So the kid starts to show up at work, goes into Santos's office, and he's basically his executive assistant going through his calendar, going through different things and dates and all this other stuff. So they're in his office, as the story goes. Uh, Santos sits down on a couch, small couch, like a love seat essentially, 
tells the kid to sit down next to him, asks the kid, hey, what are you doing later? We're going to go uh, sing karaoke. Kid says, eh, I'm not really a good karaoke singer, singer, not interested. Tries to go back into the calendar. George Santos puts, the guy, puts his hand on the guy's leg and then runs his hand down in the kid's crotch and then says, you know, ask the kid, are you on Grinder? I am. I have a profile. My husband is out of town this week. Why don't you come by my place? Kid says, ah, I'm going to focus on the schedule and I'm going to go do something else that doesn't involve you trying to touch my junk. Afterwards, okay. afterwards uh, the kid finds out that he did not get the job and that his volunteer status will not be converted to a national employment status. So the kid filed a complaint. Um, that we just found out uh, yesterday or early this morning. Uh, and so now some of the, like, now you're getting more uh, uh, fleshed out things that you can actually hold him accountable for, right? Like the, the sketchy campaign finance stuff, sexual harassment in his office. You know, the question is, GOP, what are you waiting for? Right, like how much, like what is this? Like, are you just waiting for this guy to do something so bad then you have no choice? And at that point, and this won't happen, but people should be looking at them like, if you're gonna wait for this guy to do something, like, here's my concern. Could I mean, with everything we know about this guy, which is nothing, we don't know if he is some sort of a Russian asset or Chinese asset or somebody. You know, southern from South America or something like that, a, a, a spy or something uh, um, put in place, right, to damage the United States, right? He's he, there's enough lies and deception and just unscrupulous behavior from this guy. What you describe is pretty gross, right? Like, so what exactly are you waiting for? Because the next thing that this guy does could be something that's incredibly damaging for the whole country. You know, I mean, it's just like he, this is, he, everything, he is a walking national security risk, threat, whatever, right? Like, so how long does he need to sit there and you have to, oh, well, we need to investigate and we want to be fair. It's, it's innocent until proven guilty. It's just like, but you've proven that he's lied about everything. So I don't know what the fuck you're waiting for. What you just described is as gross as I need. I mean, that's, I mean... I mean that for that, most people, it, him it, lying about where he went to school, him lying about where Baruch, he worked. Baruch College, by Baruch, the way. Yeah, no, Baruch College. Yeah, um, but that whole thing. <laughs> the it, volleyball powerhouse, Baruch College. I don't know how good their volleyball team is, but the the funny thing about that lie was, you know, he told a story about the one time that they played Yale, right? And and he has this whole story around it. Well, Baruch College know. never played Yale in the years that he said that he went there. And there's no record of him being on the volleyball team at Baruch College. There's no, you know, there's no visual evidence. There's no evidence in any of the programs. There's no evidence that he ever played volleyball there. This guy lied about every fucking aspect of his life. So, again, what the fuck are we waiting on? You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just insane. No, it's absolutely insane. And, oh, God, why are we giving this guy any attention? Yep. But let's let, let's stay in the Republican Party and talk about the recent entrance into the um, uh, presidential race. Yes. Nikki Haley mm. has entered the race. Nimarata. Now, Nikki Haley is a qualified candidate. She's a former governor of the state of South Carolina. She was a former Trump um, ambassador to the UN. Ambassador to the UN and a mm-hmm. Trump supporter. She has jumped into the race. 
And I don't think she lasts a few months because she left the actual well, challenge. Trump. Here's the thing: she's she'll last a few months because it's you know February in 2023. So you know okay. the election's not. Oh, yes. But but uh, but all I'm saying is she'll she'll be around for a while. Um, but once we get into the 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 you know nitty gritty of the actual campaign season for the 2024 uh, presidential office, um, I think she'll fade pretty quickly. And and this is my thought process on this. Nikki Haley was a governor. Um, she had to deal with the whole Confederate flag crisis. And depending on who you ask, some people think she handled it well. Others said she did not handle it well. Um, I mean, look, she got the flag down, and it had been on the state capitol for, you know, like 40, 50 years. So uh, it's it's something, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that she she had enough of a likable personality and with her experience that I think she would have been in a really good situation running for president but for Trump, right? And ultimately, Trump is going to be a thorn in her side because she she tried to straddle the fence with Trump, right? At times, she would be really supportive of some of his more nonsensical rhetoric, right? And then other times, she would kind of back away from it. She would do broad sort of criticisms overall, but not say him by name. And she really never got, she, she would never commit one way or another and look, you can say that's not fair for, to her or that's politics. You can't. Well, here's the thing. You say whatever you want to say, but ultimately her inability right, to commit to either fully supporting Trump or coming out at every turn and saying, like, look, this guy's a complete dipshit. And you could say, well, she was a U.N. ambassador that he appointed. And had she come out, he would have fired her. Well, she quit anyway. So whatever it does it make. Also, um, it's something called integrity. Right. And and you need to be able to commit. And so she didn't either way, like I said, she didn't follow him fully and she didn't like, you know, go out against him. And I think because she didn't show him full support, that hurts her with his base. Right. I don't think she's gonna be able to pull anything from his base. Also, because she didn't come out and speak against him when she had opportunities to, or she sort of danced around it. The people in the middle, the people who say, oh, she might be a good candidate, are just like, you're too wishy-washy. You know, like you're a more attractive version than, than, than Lindsey Graham, right? Like a less extreme and a more attractive version of Lindsey Graham, right? Inability to commit one way or another, I don't need you in office. And so ultimately, I think she hangs around for a little bit, but she fates. Um, and this doesn't go anywhere, and she missed her opportunity. Well, so she declared, as yep. did... Someone I've been hoping for, mm -hmm. Larry Hogan, the former Republican governor of the state of Maryland. Yep. And Larry Hogan, if you know anything about the guy, is a weird um, <laughs> candidate because he is a Republican governor. I like this guy. He's weird. I do. <laughs> no, 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 I know. You're, I know. you're right. I mean, because he's a pro-gun, you know, he's a legit conservative from the state of Maryland, which is... In in general, I mean, a, a... I mean, Maryland's a purple state, and it's a yes. weird state because you've got Baltimore on the one side, and then you've got places like Hagerstown, Hagerstown on the other side, which Hagerstown is just a giant farm. Sure. <laughs> right? I mean, and like... And it, Frederick, I mean... Listen, like, I mean, like, when I was in Frederick, I would be at city council meetings, right? And you would have your very East Coast sort of prim, proper, uh, um, that sort of... Uh, academic academia type uh, right in your your um uh i can't think of the word 
uh, bohemians or, <laughs> or, or whatever and your hipsters and things like that. But then you would also have your, your guys in the lifted trucks and the trucker hats, you know, with the toothpick in their mouth, all at the same, like, meeting, yeah. right? Like, because they all live in the same community. It was like, it was really odd. But, you know, and, and Larry Hogan is, an, is another one who is interesting because I, I also like Larry Hogan. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past, but I worked directly with his family because they owned real estate in, uh, in the Frederick, yeah, in the Frederick area. And we wanted to purchase the land so we could develop affordable housing, uh, in, in Frederick. And they were, I mean, it was, it was tough because there was, there was some, there was a lot wrapped up into that deal and it was a hard, it, it was structurally, it was just hard to put together, but they were good to work with. Um, worked a lot with his brother and, and the family attorney uh, on on this, and it was um, I got a lot of insight into their family, and through that got some insight into him, and was appreciative of the job that he was able to do as governor of Maryland, dealing with, you know, you've got Baltimore, which is very urban. They've got their issues with police and housing and just everything that is Baltimore. But then you have this very rural aspect of Maryland um, that he has to deal with. And, and listen, he had support from both crowds there in the state. Um, you know, sometimes people were critical. And as things got more tense with Trump, I think the conservatives of the state kind of went the way of Trump, but still were somewhat supportive of him. Um, he didn't completely lose the state. And so I think, again, he, he, is, he is a great candidate that I think really would would really, I think, would do well if not for Trump. And, and what I mean is, you know, there's, there's a guy like Ron DeSantis, right? Sure. Ron DeSantis is a guy who, if you take Trump out of the equation, has no chance at hell at becoming president, right? And the reason why I say that, Ron DeSantis barely won the governorship the first time he ran, going up against Andrew Gilliam, who Andrew Gilliam ends up in, you know, being somewhat of a train wreck, you know, found in a hotel yeah. room, drugs and <laughs> yes, gay happened. lovers and, yes, and <laughs> goes to rehab and that whole thing. Right. But but DeSantis barely beats him. Right. And is sort of this like middling guy that people kind of don't like and, is you know, kind of like, all right, whatever. Um, he doesn't have a real good political place. People in Florida really are, are like, all right, we voted for you and you're in. But like no one cares. Uh, and then all of a sudden he gets on the Trump train and the Trump bandwagon and really plays it up, right? Plays it up huge and, and like adopts a Trump persona himself and really, and really kind of drives it out there. So now all of a sudden this guy has the Trump base, right? And he does Trump better than Trump. It, like I've said for, for over a year now without the baggage, sure. right? Like, so now all of a sudden he is appealing to that Trump base. I don't care what any of the talking heads say. It's obvious the guy is going to be running for president and it's obvious that his actions are, actual uh, uh, tangible things that he's putting together a portfolio of things that he's been able to execute on to show that, like, look, Trump was a blowhard and didn't know shit about fuck. But I'm a person who's actually governed. I'm a person who's telling you that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do these things for you. And I'm a person who's done them on a state level. So give me an opportunity at the federal level. That's Ron DeSantis. We don't get that without Trump. Because of Trump, now, Nikki Haley went from being a person who everyone was like, that's a slam dunk. She's got to run, and she's got a good chance of winning. Larry Hogan, man, before Trump, that dude's got to run. He's got a good chance of winning. And now, because of Trump, neither Nikki Haley or Larry Hogan 
have a chance, I think, in my personal opinion, because of just the way I, I, I the political dynamic is shifting. I wish you were wrong. I'm not going to... We, we've had so many of these conversations, I'm not going to put a bet out there and say, oh, I'll bet X because it's always gone badly for me. Um, but I think... I'm really... I mean, my hope is that one or both of them get some traction. Because in, in my ideal world, um, Nikki Haley and, and Larry um, Hogan are a change in direction for the Republican Party. And I would vote for that. So you can call me a libtard, you can call me whatever you want to. I would actually vote for a Republican, especially if a Larry Hogan or a Nikki Haley is running against uh, Joe Biden. I was out today in a bar and having breakfast and whatever. Um, and a friend of mine who's not particularly political, but... He said to me, like, Biden can't run again, can he? And I said, not if I'm doing anything. Because Biden is, to me, he was he, he is what he was. He was a guy who could beat Trump. We needed that. We got that. Great. He is not the future. He's an 80-year-old man whose mental health is justifiably questioned. And I think that um, Larry Hogan and, and, and uh, Nikki Haley are competent look i mean like one you know like if the bar is competent then we got a problem right if we're talking about all right steve we have a problem well yeah no i mean but uh, yes we do have a problem and and what i'll say is i think like look again taking trump out of the equation you know back if you know hillary wins in 2016 uh and then trump goes away to you know somebody let him let him buy a team in the nfl which, you know, a lot of this is the fault of the NFL for saying, fuck you. You're Don't blame the Bills, you motherfucker. Uh, it's, it's the whole NFL <laughs> as a whole because they were the ones who said, I, screw I, I you. Felt like, I felt like it was a shot. No, no, no. no. I mean, it would be fair if it was. But, because they did. I mean, look, the, I mean, the, he, they didn't want him to, to, to buy the team. But the NFL could. as a whole didn't want to get in bed with Donald Trump. That's the sure. thing. Right? And Donald Trump wasn't going to open up his books the way he needed to because he knew that he didn't meet... The he didn't the meet the standards standard. of proof, right? right. Yes, like, yes, I mean, like, so, but anyway, um, I think that both because of the Donald Trump factor, like, we basically lose these two potential decent candidates as options, um, because that's just we're, we're the, our, the way we're divided and the way people are making decisions on who they support, especially for president. Um, neither of these two are going to really check the boxes. Now, could Larry Hogan, if Larry Hogan made a switch to Democrat? Now, what if I said all, well, I've been saying this for years, right? God, I'm looking forward to that. Democrat, bro, you change your position on guns. Oh, no, you, here we go. No, 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 no. But like, it, like the, the problem is, you know, damn well that you can't refute it, right? Like you, you just can't. And if you try like I'll use numbers and facts and then you'll get really annoyed and then change the topic. Go ahead. But I'm, I'm, I'm here. You, like, so Larry Hogan is a Second Amendment gun-supporting guy. Yes. Move him over to Democrat. Get the whole party to fall in line. Like, sorry, you know, Shannon Watts, no one gives a fuck, go away. All these anti-gun lobby people, go away. We don't need your money. But now the Democratic Party is open to and less hostile to the Second Amendment. 
you start to pull in some maybe lobbying dollars from other these to sh- uh, for some of these pro gun groups to show a uh, show of goodwill, but you keep everything else the same with the Democratic Party. I promise you, you never you probably don't lose in another election. Now, Larry Hogan, where he comes in is he is that guy, right? Like he is socially conscious, but he is a Second Amendment gun supporting guy who isn't going to come out and say dumb things that Joe Biden has said about guns and AR-15s, things that aren't even factual or things that are very threatening to the gun community. Larry Hogan isn't going to do that, right? So the gun community can kind of relax their ass cheeks a little bit and all of a sudden and say, because you have a lot of people in the gun community that are one issue voters. Yeah. One, and their only 100%. issue is guns. The 100%. rest of the stuff, which is surprising, and a lot of people say, no, uh Well, chances are you're not in the gun community, and even though I know you were, you're removed from it now. I am. I am, I am in, I, like, I talked to someone. How am I removed from it now? How much interaction do you do in the actual gun community? How much? Well, a fair I, bit. I mean, I, really? Yeah. Come on, Jim. Like, you're being defensive, but you're not. Like... I mean, I have not gone to a gun show in. A it's not years. a gun show. I mean, like the gun community now exists on social media. All right, that's where it is. Like, so right. I, you know what? Let, let's have this conversation off. Off. Go ahead. Go I mean, on. if Go you on. if you are, then I'm I not, not. I'm 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 not. It's not an accusation. It doesn't make. It, I'm not saying it's bad, but you're like, I talk to different people in like that are that are not that have public platforms, large public platforms, almost on a daily right. basis. Right? We've had people on this show. Right, and and I talk to I talk to those I talk to those people, right, that are on the level of a Kevin Dixie, a Colleen Noir, Ryan Smith, right, like all like almost on a daily basis, right? Like I've got them in my. And so what I'm saying is though, where you would be surprised is that where you won't be surprised that their one issue voters and their one issue and their one issue is guns. Where you would be surprised is that a lot of these guys are relatively not I won't say progressive but there's a lot of issues right that fall in line with the with the left with democrats with 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 progressives that these guys are either supportive of or open to but because of the left and the and the democrat stance on guns they will never go that way right and so is it a large percentage of the gun community no but we're not winning and losing elections by large margins, right? Like, so if you pull, if you pull five percent of the gun community away from the conservative right and pull them over into the Democratic barrel because you're more supportive of guns, like that is a fucking slam dunk. You are talking about millions of people. We got more guns than people in this country, right? And so we got a lot of people who have them and who support them that are not all far right MAGA psychopaths. Right, but they do fucking cling to their gun, right? Like so, if you move off of that issue and change the narrative about it, that shifts you. And Larry Hogan is a guy who could absolutely do that. Yes, but the Democratic 100%. Party, did, the but, Democratic Party would never even consider it. You know, Steve. Today, so I was out at a bar earlier today, and someone said, "Do you and Steve argue?" And they know both of us. And I said, "No, we have a conversation." And sometimes we disagree. Sometimes we agree. And this isn't absolute perfect example of a situation where we agree if larry hogan was a democratic candidate he would steamroll because if 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 the democratic party like accepted him the right way right and got behind him right and accepted that that big issue in the gun issue is a giant glaring issue but they accepted that and said all right, we can we can get on board with it. I'm telling you, like and, he and, could and, he could be a really viable you, candidate, you, but they you, won't do it. You've said a hundred times that 
if the Democrats get on board with that issue, they would win your... I agree with you, you're 100% right. And they have fucked up on every opportunity to, to get on board with that. Because the toothpaste is out of the tube. Again, I'm, I'm yeah. now quoting logical people, including yourself. It's out. There are more guns in this country than there are people. So if you can come up with a gun control issue that makes sense, I'll get on board. I just haven't heard it yet. But you have an issue is like you can't like you can't come in touting gun control because all all the gun people hear is you want to take my guns, right? But then the the other issue that the Democrats have is they say no, we don't want to take your guns, right? And then you got a congressman that goes in and says yeah, we want to go in and take everybody's guns, like literally, like it's like like clockwork, right? Like fucking Sheila Jackson down in Florida, right? Like Joe Biden literally said the one day no, we're not going to take your guns, and then she introduces legislation that would literally it, it allow for people for the ATF to go in and take people's guns and so like they're like well it's Sheila Jackson and that bill's not going to go anywhere because but again like that the gun lobby can then take that and say yeah Joe Biden's lying yep yep Joe Biden says he doesn't want to Sheila Jackson says she does right and that's and and that 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 aspect of the game is where Democrats are losing and a guy like Larry Hogan can fill that gap for them but like I said I don't think that they would ever do it and they, we will continue to go down this path yeah, that yeah, we're going listen, on. I, I, I will not put a bang my head against the wall bet on this because it won't go well for me. Um, but but Larry Hogan is a guy that I cannot... I mean, I will probably become a registered Republican in the next several months so I can vote for Larry Hogan in a uh, yeah, I mean, primary. I, 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 would, I would absolutely vote for Larry Hogan in a primary. Um, especially if Joe Biden's going to run again, because there's no real, uh, like, if Joe Biden runs again, chances are no one else is going to jump in the race. If it does, it'll be someone that probably shouldn't be in the race anyway. Uh, And so at that point, you're better off trying to help shift a better candidate into the Republican Party, right? A guy like a Larry Hogan. Um, Would I do it for Nikki Haley? Uh, I don't know, maybe, because again, if, if it's Trump and DeSantis that are running, then yeah, you probably got to throw something out there for, uh, you know, like I'm going to take Larry Hogan over Nikki Haley, but if Larry Hogan for some reason were to drop out before we got to the actual ballot, then yeah, I guess I, right, I would so go for Nikki Haley. My, my but I mean, to your is... point is like, I, I agree with what you're saying and that strategy in this particular instance. So my bigger picture is that I have been a Larry Hogan guy for a while and have been made fun of by multiple people, including yourself. No, 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 no. no. I've never, I've never made made fun of you for supporting Larry Hogan. Never. Yes, you have. No. How can I sit here and say I work with his family and I think that he's done a good job? That's bullshit. Okay. Okay. Then you're, I've never been critical of Larry Hogan, but what I have said is given our, over the last five years, I said he has no chance in hell. Okay. Which That's all I'm I stand by. You're not wrong, right? Like I mean, I, I, like, I'm, I'm sticking I with would, him. I like the idea. Listen, you can stick with him all you want, and look, I, I'll support him as much as I can. I just don't think that the guy has a chance in hell because of the way people. Because he, he's not crazy. Exactly, because he's not insane. And look, that that's uh, it's admirable. And, and Steve, you're, I, I'm actually—I I know it came off like I was taking a shot at you, which I guess I kind of was. But <laughs> what you're saying isn't crazy. I'm just—I'm standing on yeah, this ground. Stand like, by your man. <laughs> standing stand by, stand your by man. All right, moving on. We got the Chinese weather balloon. 
Chinese spy balloon, Chinese spy balloon, weather whatever. balloon. <laughs> you know what? By the way, how was that transition? That wasn't great, good. was it? Not good. It wasn't fantastic. It was okay, good. moving on. Uh, so this Chinese spy balloon, right? We actually shot it down over the coast of like South Carolina today, I think, <laughs> or this morning, okay. yesterday. Okay. Um, so it made its way all the way across the country because yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, it I, made last it, I heard it was a Montana. It made its way all the way to the United States, right? Like China's saying they kind of, you know, got out of their control or whatever, and then they, you know, lost track of it. And they're saying that we, like, so we shot it down. I think we used F-22s or something like that to go up there. And then they shot a missile at it. And, I mean, like, what's funny about this, people were actually talking about, like, you know, speaking of the gun community, right? All right. Like, they were losing their minds. Oh, geez. They're just like, if Biden Biden isn't going to go out there and shoot it down, then let the American people do it. We're better at shit than the government. And my thought process is this thing is sixty to 70,000 feet in the air. Do you realize that is 11 miles in the air? The best okay. rifle that you have that has the longest distance, right? Not you in particular. No, that no, anyone have a... I mean, in this room, we have a three well, no, that, that thing is that good That would get there in about an hour and a half. It wouldn't. I mean, like, that gun is good for probably 200 yards at best. Oh, bullshit. That's a three or three Enfield. That... Okay, maybe. But right. either way... Um, <laughs> Even if you like, even if you take a fifty cal or whatever, it's not traveling eleven miles up into the air to penetrate a weather balloon and take it out, right? Like, so you don't have a gun. Like, I'm sorry, no, no, there's no one sitting at home with all the guns that we have out there. No one has a gun in their arsenal that's going to reach eleven miles in the air to take out a fucking balloon. So crazy You're gun, correct. You're correct. crazy gun people, sit down and shut up, right? In terms of all the people freaking out on the conservative side about. Oh, this this is a travesty that Biden let this happen. Well, it comes out today that there were about four or five of these that happened during the Trump administration that Trump made sure that no one actually knew about because he didn't know what the fuck to do with it. And so is it that big of a deal? Apparently not. But we decided that we were going to shoot this one down because everybody made a big deal about it. Um, but we had to use F-22s to get to it. Then from there, they had to shoot like super ballistic missiles to get from the jet or and super ballistic probably isn't yeah, even probably the right, right phrase, right but they had to like the jets flew to a certain point, basically to their highest point because I think those jets are good until about sixty five thousand feet, right? And then from there they had to shoot the missile because then they had to you know they had to descend and go back down. I wish people could see the hand motions. Well, that's I mean like I here's the jet. Right here's the <laughs> missile going to the balloon because it's got to keep going up, and then you have to have the accuracy to be able to actually hit it. Right, like I mean, like this, like the idea of what these guys are doing. Think about how fast they're going, right? And then, yeah. like you got, like it's just like, oh, you got to hit a stationary target. All right, well, here's the deal, fucking uh, Maverick. Let me <laughs> throw you in a jet going three thousand miles an hour, and then say, all right, go ahead and hit this thing that is actually isn't stationary. It is moving to a degree, but you can't use your guns because your the gun like your your actual gun like the machine guns on a on a jet would never get to the balloon at the distance it was at. So you have to fire a missile at it, and you have to take into account whatever wind that is blowing. So you make sure that that missile actually hits it. It's fucking crazy, but they were able to figure it out and they got it done. Um, but that wasn't something that you could just. You could just do also with that big of a balloon, like because think about it, this thing it is was, huge, yeah. right? Like, do you really? And people were just like, "Well, why didn't you shoot it down over Nebraska?" Like, that thing's gotta come down somewhere, and I think when it lands, it's probably going to be a problem. 
Right? Like, so it's probably a better idea to get it out when it's over water as opposed to over some guy's house. <laughs> Do we know what was in it? No, we don't know. We don't know that. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure it's, it's going to be a whole big thing of, of actually getting it, collecting it, and then going back to study it. The Chinese are super pissed off about it, but they're also not because they're saying that we basically overreacted it was just a weather balloon that got a little bit out of their control i trust that about as far as you could throw me um i don't know what it was they're saying it's just weather maybe it was spying um you know there's maybe some merit to what they're saying because look how many satellites do they have over us right now wait i mean like they've, they've probably got a satellite over every u.s military installation they probably have a satellite over every major infrastructure aspect in the country, every major city. I mean, we're so important, they probably have one over us right now. So the idea that, you know, like the, that this balloon was giving them all this information that they didn't have before, I think seems a little bit far-fetched. Um, you know, and also thinking about drone capabilities and everything else that's out there, the fact that you would think that a balloon is the thing that's going to do all the damage seems a little bit insane. Um, and then there's also TikTok, Chinese app that's on everybody's phone. They give so much more data than any balloon could even imagine to collect. But, you know, go off. Oh, so there is that. Yeah, I mean, and look, and a lot of people say, oh, well, I don't have TikTok on my phone. Um, I was never really, I, I just, I honestly, initially, I just didn't want another social media app on my phone. Um, especially one that was so heavy about, you know, producing content in a certain way. Um, and then when I learned that it was owned by a Chinese company, I said, eh, you know what? I'm probably good anyway. Uh, and just, it will, I'll never put it on my phone. Right. And I don't really have anything to hide, but I also don't necessarily know if I want the Chinese being able to dig into my phone. I don't know what the security, how much of a risk it is, but I just, I just don't want it. Well, you, I mean, you put a lot of stuff out on social media I mean, you're a power lifter and you yeah. put the stuff out there. Um, you can probably outpower lift most of the Chinese community. Well, they, I mean, no, nah, I mean, China's got, they come hard with their, with their weightlifting, powerlifting stuff. Because right. they don't give a fuck about, like, they, they don't give a fuck about steroids over there. Right? All right. Like, they, I mean, they're, they're like Russia in that regard. Regardless. <laughs> but still. You put the stuff out there. I don't think, I don't think you put anything on TikTok. Not that I remember. Well, no, because I don't have the app, so. Okay, that would be that. Um, I it, do use, but here's the thing. Um, Meta, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, they're all in by Facebook, they're all, I mean, it's an American yeah. company. Twitter, now owned by Elon Musk, who's South African, but American company. Now, you know, there's still what they, like, in, you know, people argue, like, they have all your information and data. Yeah, that's true. But I was in bed with them a long time ago. But that doesn't mean that I have to go hop in bed with someone else now, right, that I don't want to, right? Like, I mean, like, I could, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, like, oh, you slept with all those girls. Why won't you sleep with this girl? Because I don't want to. Like, right? Right. Like, right. Right? like I, I mean, like, I don't have to just because I've done it in the past doesn't mean that I have to. Right, this, that is I have opening, to this is opening doors. We don't what I'm saying here. is just because I've done it in the past doesn't, need, doesn't mean that I automatically should just automatically open myself up to riskier behavior just because I've done something risky in the past. And also, go, getting into Facebook and getting into Twitter, when a lot of us got into it, we didn't know what we were getting into. We didn't know the amount of data that we were going to be opening ourselves up to, even though I'm sure it was in the terms and conditions. I didn't read it until well after the fact, years and years and years after I had been on social media, right? And you're like, oh, shit, this is actually not ideal. Not great, yeah. Right? Like, so now, after having that information, I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to be pretty selective about additional 
uh, social media apps that I get on or that I get involved with. So, you know, I don't have, I don't think it's hypocritical or I don't think it's stupid to say, I don't want to get on TikTok, even though you've got other social media outlets. Fair, fair. And we should wrap this up soon, but let's talk about uh, Memphis. Yeah, so just kind of following up what we talked about last week, uh, there was another officer fired, a sixth. Uh, his name is Preston Hempful, Hemphill. Um, he was the officer that uh, deployed the taser uh, and had some choice words about the other officers going to get him and beat the shit out of him. Um, There's a lot of questions surrounding, like, why, why did it take so long to fire him? Why was this guy's picture not plastered all over the media like the other five black guys who were arrested or who were fired and then uh, uh, charged? Um, and, like, those are all valid questions, right? Like, was this guy protected because he was white? Now, I would argue probably not. The chief of police in Memphis is a black woman. Um, I, I don't know what the delay is, right? Like, because we have the video, we know that the kid deployed the, the, the taser, and it was a bad stop from the beginning, Right, like so, you didn't have a reason to pull this kid over. You pull him over, and then from the job, from the jump, you're hostile towards him, ripping him out of the car. Which at this point, like, look, you get pulled over for no good reason, then you're pissed. Anybody would be pissed about that, right? And so the idea that people are like, well, he should have just complied. Complied with what? What the fuck did he do? What was he supposed to comply to, right? Like, that, like now you've got like you, you didn't have a good, you didn't have probable cause to stop him. And he knows it, and he's just like, screw you, I didn't do anything wrong, I'm not a criminal, I don't have a record, I, like, I was driving down the road, now you guys are ripping me out of my car, I don't feel, you're in an unmarked car, right, like, you, I don't feel safe, and I don't want to interact with you, fuck you, I'm going to drag you out of the car, then I'm going to tase you, you know what I mean, so the kid's like, alright, you guys are hell-bent on fucking me up, I need to get the fuck out of here, he runs, they catch him, they beat him to death, and they fucking kill him, so... It's interesting that it took so long to get this other officer who was directly involved in that. It's not like he was just off on the side, right? Like saying, yay, go team, we're all brothers. No, he like literally deployed a taser. He missed, right? He didn't do a good job with that taser, but there's still, it's still curious that it took so long for him to get fired. Um, and we, I don't know if their charges are pending, if they've charged them. Like I haven't seen that information yet. I just know that he has been fired, and they they hit him with a laundry list of reasons why they fired him. And the one that stood out to me was was a uniform violation. Yeah, I did see that. And when you see the picture of the kid, like he looks like he just looks sloppy as fuck, right? He's overweight. He's got acne. He's got the glasses. He's got a terrible haircut. Like he right. looks like the guy. Bad complexion is not firing offense. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so hell bent on. I, I don't know. I, I beat I beat up Herbert over that too. Just, yes, uh, Justin <laughs> Herbert, the quarterback. But he looks yes. good now. He got it cleared up. Um, but this, this Preston Hempel kid, he looks like the guy who just walks around like in the, he looks like the heavy set white guy that walks around in shorts in the winter with his shirt untucked, you know, between different games of magic and, and online computer games as he's going to the grocery store to buy, you know, energy drinks and, and Butterfingers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he just looks like I'm, I don't like him. And, yeah, and look, I mean, he's involved in this. I don't like him. So, you know, take a couple shots uh, at the uh, kid. Uh, on that note. You anything else to... Hey, Preston, bring your taser, and me and you are going to get locked in a room, and let's just see what happens. That doesn't help anyone. It does. It helps it me does feel better. It makes you feel better. <laughs> On that note, we are 
Seriously, do you want? Is there anything you want to? No, nah, because we'll we'll record before the uh, Super Bowl next week. So at that point in time, we'll give our predictions. Sounds and good. And we'll talk about like uh, we'll do a little breakdown of the status of the NFL and and the league. And at the end of the year, we'll look back at our predictions from the beginning of the season. Um, and we'll talk about next year. So yay, NFL heavy uh, episode next week. Hopefully, the world doesn't go too crazy, so we can have a little fun. At Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter, we're done. Thank you.